Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, in this second session of the Patriotic Bible Study, we're going to be talking about our rights as American citizens. I just want to let you guys know in this audio, there is a little bit of a buzzing noise, but overall, the audio comes out pretty clear. So in this session, we are going to be led by one of my favorite people in this entire world, Mr. Greg McCrimmon. He is one of the best people that I know. He is fantastic. He's honorable. He has integrity. And he just freaking loves America. All right, let's go ahead and get into the session. Enjoy. Thanks for being here, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know Chris is Chris appreciates it too. You know, he's he's responsible for kind of heading this up and and um, taking charge of this. And he asked me to to take part in it as well. So. For those of you online, wherever you're at, um, around the country, maybe world, who knows? Um, thanks for being here. It's it's really great to be to to be able to live in a free country that that we can express our our thought and um, feelings and and freedom of speech and and also share our faith. And so, um, let's open up in a word of prayer. April's going to come up and um, she's going to pray for us real quick. So if you just join us, that'd be great. All right. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to get together and talk about uh, you and your freedom that you've given us as believers, but also as Americans. Thank you for um, everything that you've given us and for this opportunity to gather tonight. May our hearts be open to learn and grow and uh, ask questions and leave here um, even more united in your love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, April. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, wow. What a What an incredibly interesting time we're living in um i hope everybody had a good week and and um you know right now it's you know i was in my thoughts and meditations and stuff this week you know when i was praying with god you know i just i just even in in some conversations with some friends and some people who've who've reached out to me lately you know i've i've just kind of sensed a lot of people um just kind of in a little bit of anxiety right now, a little bit of fear, maybe a little bit of this um, feeling of not knowing what's going on or, you know, unknown. The future maybe doesn't look so promising or bright. And, and you know, those are all valid things. Those are all valid concerns, I think. And um, especially the state of our country, you know, there's a lot of um, unrest and, and just a lot of political nonsense going on right now. And it's hard to know what to believe it's hard to know who to believe because we are living in the well, what I like to call the misinformation age and um, kind of info wars, if you so to speak. And, and there is a war for your um, for your soul in a lot of ways. There's a war for your attention. There's a war for um, what you choose to believe. And there's a lot of voices out there, kind of uh, screaming for your attention. And um, you know, God was just kind of reminded me of some things in His Word, and I just f- really f- kind of feel compelled to, to, you know, go into some things in His Word tonight, and um, and just share some of God's wisdom for uncertain times, and share some things that I hope will encourage you, and maybe give a little spark to some hope that's been lost. Okay, I know there's a lot of hopelessness right now in the world, and. Um, the beautiful thing about being in Christ is that we can always have hope in Him. And, and that's a powerful thing. And So as much as we're going to talk about some just key fundamental things in our nation's history and that things that are important, I think, um, I really want to center this around 
the hope that we can have in Jesus Christ as well, okay? And so if you leave tonight feeling more encouraged and more hopeful than when you came in here, then I've done my job, okay? If you don't, call me, okay? Get a hold of me because I, I, I want you to understand some things and I, I really want you to be in hope. But um, I'm not a constitutional expert. You know, I don't consider myself one. I've never gone to school to... Um, you know, minus normal studies to study the Constitution or um, anything like that. But I have devoted a, a significant portion of my adult life, especially, into our nation's history and understanding those things because I, I'm passionate about it. I care about it. I realize the cost of freedom is great, and I, I want to do my part in understanding that so I can not only live my life to the best and steward of the best of my ability that God has given me, but to pass on something to the next generation, okay? And I know that means a lot, especially for fathers and mothers out there. Um, but I want to start this off just, just reading something that was written by one of my favorite authors and, and deep thinkers. His name is C.S. Lewis. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. Um, many of you might know him from, you know, the, the Chronicles of Narnia was really something that has transcended generations um, from all ages, and many people know him by that. And so this was written in 1948, and the title of this is just a couple paragraphs. The title of this essay is On Living in an Atomic Age, okay? So just to give you a little bit of background about 1948, you know, this is post-World War II, pre-Korean War, okay? There's kind of this little bit of time in there, but, you know, the, the world had just witnessed the first, um, the first, uh, destruction, I guess you could say, from atomic bombs, which, you know, we, we dropped on Japan and at, the, at the tail end of World War II. And so there was a lot of people in the world at that time experiencing quite a bit of fear because they had never seen something so devastating and so powerful before. And um, there's, you know, a generation that, that's kind of the last generation that still remembers that. It's right at the end of their life right now. And so... Um, there was a lot of fear and anxiety wrapped up in the world, kind of like what we saw in 2020, right? And even to this day with, with this virus, you know, and whatever you believe about that, you know, I'm not going to get into that. That's not my goal or agenda tonight. But let's be honest. The media, the news, everything we saw, politicians, they spread massive amounts of fear, whether valid or invalid, whatever you choose to believe about that about this virus, okay? Just, just walk through some cities and you'll see that fear on people's faces, literally. And you know what I'm talking about, okay? And, and I just want to read this because C.S. Lewis you know, wrote this and it's a beautiful portrayal of how we should look at uncertain times in our present day age concerning fear, okay? So I'm gonna read this. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. And I'm going to stop real quick. I apologize. Just picture, when I say atomic bomb, I want you to just put in your mind something that is being thrown out there as fear today, okay? Whatever that is, okay? Whether it be the virus or political tension or whatever it is, okay? I'll start over. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year. Or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. 
In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madame, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances, and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A, mic a microbe can do that but they need not dominate our minds. And, you know, the first part of that sounds a little doom and gloom, you know, like, oh my gosh, death is certain. Well, that's the only way you get out of this world, right? It, it is something that you've, you've been ordained a set number of days, God said, and after that, you die. But the beauty is that we have hope in Jesus. If you've put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, guess what? You don't really die, right? You just go into an, a different life the next life, okay? And so the point of that being is that I love the last part of that. Let it find us, whenever death comes calling, let it find us living our lives. Yeah. Not huddled around in fear, worrying about when that day might come or how it might come. And that's what I've chosen to do, okay? It's easy to get wrapped up in fear, but look back, if that's been you and there's no shame, I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn you if you've been in fear about anything over the last... 10 months or so, I'm just here to remind you that, well, how was that? How did that go for you? What was that like, you know, worrying about something that may or may not come? And maybe you've lost a loved one to, to COVID, and, you know, my deepest sympathies go out to you, and, and I don't take that lightly, okay? It's a real thing, and, but, but I don't want to obsess with something that is certain, which is, which is death ultimately for you at a certain point in life, okay? I would rather obsess about life. Yeah. And not necessarily quantity, but quality. Quality of life, okay? Yeah. And so there's a lot I want to talk about tonight, but I just wanted to start off with that and just, just remind you that um, you know, we, we really don't have to fear something, okay, in this world. We can really walk, walk this life and go live your life. Go live your life. Turn the TV off. Quit listening to people who are doing nothing but putting you in fear. There is a motive behind them doing that, okay? And it's not for you to go live your life in the freedom that you want to, okay? So I encourage you to go do it, all right? Um, you know, Psalms 46.10 says this. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted by every nation. I will be exalted in the earth, okay? Something that I think is a good practice, you know, when, when we do find ourselves a little worked up or anxious or in fear about anything, is just, just stop. Just stop what you're doing, okay? 
clear your mind, get away from things that are, are, are um, helping you remain in fear, whether it turn your phone off, whatever it is, and just go and just listen to the voice of God and be still before Him, okay? Because God is a God of peace. He's always going to be bringing you and wanting you to experience an environment of peace, okay? So if you're not experiencing peace, you're not experiencing God's best for you, okay? I want to remind you of that. In John 14, um, I want to read a passage in here. The very first verse of John 14, I love this. And this is kind of, you know, getting close to when Jesus is, is going to be crucified and stuff. And so, you know, he's kind of preparing his disciples and stuff and just reminding them of things that are important that he wants to leave with them. Kind of the, the last will and testament, you might say. But he says right in the beginning, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. I love that. I love that God always reminds us, like, do not fear, okay? Trust me. So let not your hearts be troubled. Whatever you're troubled about tonight, and I, I'm guilty of it just like anybody else. There's times where I've gotten a little bit too worked up about, about things that are happening in our world. And it's not to say that they're not important. It's not to say that they don't have ramifications um, and consequences for these things, okay? But when, when my heart starts getting a little uneasy or anxious about something, I know that I'm a little bit out of line with where God wants me to be. And so I remind myself this, let not your heart be troubled. And the end of this verse, the end of this chapter, I should say, um, Jesus is speaking to him. In, in verse 25, John 14, 25, he says this. He says, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Think about that. He said, he will, he will bring to your remembrance all things that Jesus spoke to them, Okay. And so when you trust and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit now. And he'll, he'll bring to your remembrance all things that he's taught us. Okay? We need to trust that. Yeah. All things. That's, that's a lot. Not some things. All things. Okay? He goes on to say, and this is how he closes it. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid, okay? And so there is a quality of peace that God get, has given us through Jesus, right? And when, we, and when we trust him, we can experience every day that kind of peace. It's a different kind of peace than the world offers, right? The world offers this kind of peace like, oh, put your mask on so you're safe. Or stay home, social distance from each other. You know, and, and when in reality, they think they are trying to bring peace by telling you all the things you should or shouldn't do. And all it's doing is driving fear in everybody's hearts, right? And Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled because I will give you a peace that passes all understanding. So even when you don't understand what's going on in the world, in your situation, at your work, in your body, whatever it is, even when you don't understand it and comprehend what's going on, Jesus says that you can walk in perfect peace. Now that's, that's, that's a place I want to walk in. That's a place that I want to abide. That's a place that I want my heart to rest in and be concrete in, okay? Why? Because this world's a mess. This world's crazy. And if you're looking anywhere in the world to find peace, man, you are on a roller coaster that is going to jostle you, and you're going to have highs and lows and 
all kinds of things, but you'll never be in peace in your heart. Your heart will always be troubled because it's rooted in something that cannot offer you. It's not qualified to offer and give you real, true, lasting peace. Okay? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to read something to you. I'm, I'm referencing the Bible a lot. Imagine that. Here's a, here's a fun fact. You know, in the, in the First and Second Continental Congresses, so this is pre, pre-Constitution. This is when, when founding fathers and some of these men that, that um, had the foresight and knowledge to come together to, to form what we now call America, you know, and putting these documents and putting these things on paper, you know, in these Congresses, you know, there was a First and Second Continental Congress that met in Philadelphia, I believe. And I read this thing once that, that it was something like, of all the things that they researched, of all the, the um, texts and um, constitutions of old or, or laws from different countries or everything that they looked at, books of wisdom and whatnot, it's something like close to 40% of everything that they talked about that they've referenced when they formed our um, founding documents was from the Word of God, the Bible. And... That means of all the different faiths that came there, all the different things, all the different manuscripts and, and things that they looked at, it was, it was something like 40% of what they actually compiled and written down was directly from the Word of God. That's pretty amazing when you think of it. That's pretty powerful. And, and I would dare say that all the other knowledge books and, and things that they looked at, those probably at their root were somehow rooted in the wisdom of God's Word. Okay, because all wisdom is from him anyway, right? And so, you know, you can quote, there's been great men who have quoted some amazing things that, that are, are sound, fundamental, principled wisdom that span the, the test of time, right? But ultimately, they came from God yeah. because all wisdom is from him, yeah. right? Psalm 137 is, um, I'm sorry, Psalm 37. I'm, I'm 100 pages off, 100 chapters off here. Psalm 37, you know, I just want to read a few parts of this because it's a long chapter and I'm not going to go into all of it for for time's sake, but I would encourage you in your time soon, this week even, just just take some time and look up Psalm 37, okay, and read it. But I'm going to start it off. It says this, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. There's a lot of promises there that are are pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I believe in... I believe in speaking truth, 
I believe that is not only a fundamental um, right given by God to man, but it's also like kind of our charge from Jesus is to go into all the world, preach the gospel, right? Preaching the gospel means opening your mouth and speaking and teaching, right? And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of crazy things going on that I, I, honestly, I honestly never thought it would come in my lifetime in our country right now. I, I really, truly didn't. And, and I don't say that to, to um, um, I don't say that because I was ignorant of the possibility of that. I just didn't expect it to happen so rapidly, so fast, in such a way that we're here today where there's like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? And, and I'm thankful that, that I live in this country. I'm thankful for all the men and women and, and people who have sacrificed for this country so that we still can be here today. It's, it's an amazing thing. But, but make no mistake, you know, yeah, I've joked with my friends and, and family at different times. I was like, man, <laughs> I was born in the wrong century. Like, I, what the heck? Like, I want to go back to like the Lewis and Clark days or, you know, Daniel Boone. I want to be back where, before there was roads or buildings in this continent. Like, I want to see this as pure, majestic as God designed it, you know. As, I want to see the rivers full of trout and game to hunt and everything. But it just seems like, you know, with all this rapidly advancing technology and, and granted that's the reason you are watching me and listening to me right now for those of you online is through technology and so there's a beautiful aspect to it as well right there's something amazing about that and so you know i i have found myself in times like that's like what the heck i don't want to be it like this is crazy i just want to live in the middle of nowhere and be at peace you know but god's God will remind me in those moments when I'm tempted to, to go down that road a little too far and I start like, you know, putting my bag together and uh, going to go build a cabin in the middle of nowhere with my hatchet, you know. God reminds me, he's like, hey, he's like, you're not a mistake. You were born for this time for a purpose and a reason, okay? You're not a mistake. If you're listening to this and you've ever thought that, you've ever thought like, I do not understand this generation. I don't understand what's happening in the world. I don't get people, I don't understand how people can be so emotional or so erratic or whatever it is, right? We all have differences and we don't understand each other sometimes. And you're tempted to think that. You're tempted to think, God, like, why am I here? And God might respond with, well, I'm glad you asked. Okay, trust him. You are not a mistake. You're here in this time, in this day for a purpose and reason. And I hope that Maybe through tonight, and this will inspire you to figure out, what is my purpose? What am I here for, okay? Because it's short. I'll, I'm closing in on 40 years old soon. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, another 40 years, and I'll be pushing 80. That's, we won't talk about that too much. <laughs> but you have a purpose. You have a God-ordained purpose. And listen, you aren't here on this earth. That purpose isn't on this earth forever, okay? Your purpose here is not, is not forever to be on this earth, okay? I want to make sure I, you understand that, okay? Your time is limited on this earth, but your purpose is eternal, okay? Your purpose has eternal value attached to it because it's from God, and all things God are eternal, okay? So remember that.
Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. He's good. I'm so thankful for him. Um, so if you didn't catch, you know, we, we're doing this every two weeks. This is session two. And session one, Chris taught, and he talked about kind of the history leading up to the Constitution, the, the, the history of America, how it was formed, why it was formed, where we came from, and why we're here now, okay? And he, he touched on the basics of that. And if you want to see that, if you missed it, it's on YouTube. Um, and we can get you the link. Just reach out to one of us. Um, and so in this, in this um, session, you know, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I think are most pertinent for today that we're seeing and experiencing in this world. One of those is freedom of speech. The First Amendment of the Constitution, right? Your first bill of right, so to speak, right? It's the first one. And, you know, but before I do that, you know, I want to I just, I want to do something fun, so to speak, and um, maybe just bring back to mind, you know, some of the, the things that we probably see in our everyday lives, something as simple as the American flag, Okay this flag right here that's sitting behind me. We're going to show you something in just a little bit. But, you know, we see people, they have them in their yards. You know, I like, I always have them and I like to wear things with stars and stripes because it, it means something and I'm proud to be an American. No other country has done more for the cause of freedom around the world than this country. And that's because of all of us citizens, right? We're the most generous nation by far. We're the most um, inspirational, I would say. Um, and we bring in we, the most prosperous, absolutely. We bring in the most um, immigrants, right? People want to be here because of the quality of life that is, that is granted by God, but guaranteed in a constitution, okay? There's a difference between that. And, you know, something that, that has come across my attention in, in, in recent years, but it's, I think it's even more um, obvious now is like, you know, if you look at our public education system, and I'm not here to bash on, you know, the public school system necessarily. That's a different discussion altogether. You know, there's, we have public school teachers right here in this room right now, and I thank God for them because those kids need good teachers. They need good God-fearing teachers who are going to point them in the right direction, right? We need that, but let me tell you, our education system has, has, has gone astray, so to speak, the, the uh, agenda within it, I should say, right? And, you know, I remember, and I was, I was blessed. I, I think my parents are watching right now. I hope they are. Um, if not, they'll catch this another time. But, you know, I was raised in a, in a Christian home, and I thank God for that. And I thank my parents for um, sacrificing so I could have a, a private school education that taught us values and principles and I didn't really understand it or respect it at the time as much because I just wanted to be a normal kid, you know, but screw that. Um, it's more important to be taught the truth. And, and then from 7th through 12th, I was homeschooled. And, uh, you know, here's an example. Let me show you this. Here's a book from my homeschool. This is my 8th grade textbook on the U.S. Constitution. Every year from 7th through 12th, we had a book specifically about the Founding Fathers or the Constitution, what made us a, a country. This is eighth grade, right here, 13 years old, and there's, you might need a magnifying glass to see some of these words. There's so much text in here, but I mean, everything about the Founding Fathers, the whole Articles of Confederation, the Continental Congresses, all the men who made this, the Bill of Rights, I mean, everything is in here, and I was tested on this, and you know, this became like one of my favorite subjects. I was fascinated by this. 
And to this day, I still am fascinated by these, these men who, who are, came together to do this. And, um, but, you know, they don't teach this stuff anymore. <laughs> it's, it's sad to me. It's unbelievable. Our very country, and they're not teaching our American history to these kids. And certainly not in a, in a truthful manner when they do a lot of times. I think there's a lot of misinformation even spread within that. I've looked at textbooks from public schools before, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, how can this be? How can this be? How can they put this slant on it and, and mislead people when this is not what happened? They are, they are literally changing the text oftentimes. And I don't say that to scare you, but just to you know, forewarn you, and maybe it's important to like, know the truth about our history. I think that's a big deal. But you know, something that isn't even common anymore in a lot of uh, schools is the sim- something as simple as the Pledge of Allegiance and what our flag represents and what it means. And so our pledge goes like this, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's our pledge of allegiance. Now, it's pretty clear, it's plain. Who's it for? All. Anybody who is an American citizen who calls America home and who holds America in their hearts. Liberty, justice for all. Enough said. That's it, right? And it also says something in there that's unique. It says, and to the republic for which it stands. Does it say, and to the democracy for which it stands? No. And why is that? Because there's a big difference between a republic and a democracy. This is also something they're probably not teaching too much in schools, right? I learned this at a very young age, and I still like to understand the difference. You know, a democracy is essentially mob rule, right? It's essentially, if this gets 51% of the vote, then it's for 100% of the people, right? A republic is guarded by a constitution. It says, well, what if the mob, the majority of the people, over here, they don't really represent our interests over here because it's a completely different culture, it's a completely different system of going. That's why the founders were wise enough and had the foreknowledge to put in a a constitutional republic. And so there is a system of a democratic process, right? But it's guarded by a constitution. That's kind of where the electoral college came in. And that's why it's so important, right? That every voice is heard. Every voice is represented and not just the rule of the majority, okay? That's an important thing, and you need to understand that, okay, if you're going to be an American, okay? But I want to talk about the flag, okay? I want to look at this real quick. If you guys can come up, we're going we're gonna to look at this real quick. But, and I, gotta, I, I apologize. I got notes all over the place, and I got, like, windows and, uh, well, there's guns on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> eighth grade oh your camera fell bro uh, just yeah that kind of caught me off guard yeah. hearing that you had that as a textbook yeah that was not that long ago yeah I mean, i'm gonna just hold it for a little bit i'll let you yeah. know i'll hold so it for a second it's changed a ton since absolutely here it is guys the american flag the stars and stripes right now i don't know how many of you know even why this looks the way it looks, why there's red, white, and blue, 
why there's 13 stripes in, in the red, white, and blue, in the red and white, and why there's stars up here. Okay. Now this, our flag has gone through like over 20 variations because of the changes in our country. The original, the Betsy Ross flag, which George Washington actually commissioned Betsy Ross to, to form, and they sketched it out on paper and said, "Hey, can you sew this?" And she says, her, I think her quote was, well, I don't know, but I'll try, okay? And so it was, a, it was the Betsy Ross flag, the 13 stars around in the circle up in the corner, which represented the 13 original colonies of America at the time. This is before we had states, okay? Well, this is our most current flag, and I believe it'll be the last one, I hope, okay? But there's 50 stars up here, right, to represent the 50 states, the 50 United States. Each star represents a state, okay? This, this flag has been the flag, uh, the, the official flag of the United States since I believe 1960 when Hawaii became the 50th state in our nation, okay? So we haven't had a flag change since. But before that, it was like sometimes every two, three years because new states were being added as they were ratified, okay? There's 13 stripes, red, white, red, white, red, white, all the way down to red, okay? Those represent the original 13 colonies. That's how we got our start. Now, the colors mean something, and I, I don't have this memorized, so my apologies, but the red here... It says the red stands for courage, hardiness, and bloodshed. Courage because our country separated from what we once knew. We started over. We fought for our freedom. Hardiness because our founding fathers believed our country would outlast the land that we came from. Freedom always wins, right? And finally, bloodshed to honor all those who lost their lives for our freedom and our country. White stands for purity and vigilance. Purity because our country is independent and not corrupted by any other country. Vigilance because our country needs to be alert and careful in the choices we make. Is that not true? Blue stands for justice and perseverance. Justice because it is the basis of our country and perseverance because although our nation is young, we will stand firm against all opposition. And so I don't know if you knew that or not. It's, it's good to refresh your mind with that. It's really neat to know that. But there's something else I want to do. April, if you want to come up here, I want to show everyone. I don't know if you guys can see this. I hope so. But if not, there's plenty of YouTube videos on it. But we're going to show you um, the proper way to fold a flag. And let me just pull this up because each fold has a meaning. Okay. All right. So this is not a technically a properly, are we still good? A properly uh, sized flag necessarily dimension wise. And so there might not be the exact number of folds that, that, um, that are supposed to be. When you see like a military funeral or something like that, you'll see the honor guard. They'll, they'll fold this flag, and they're, it's amazing to watch. It's beautiful. They're very professional, tight, clean, and they do it right. No pressure, guys. <laughs> okay? And each, each fold, when they, when they fold this thing, it ends up in a triangle, right? And the triangle actually represents, it's symbolic of, the patriot hats that they wore back in the revolutionary period they were kind of triangular shaped okay it's just a remember of where we came from right so there might not necessarily be exactly 13 sorry i got like a sneeze going on might not exactly be 13 folds in this particular flag just because of that but i want to i want to play along so go ahead and start with with this it gets folded in half just just below here like that and then once again okay and the first fold always starts on this side, away from the star's side, okay? Go ahead. Just like that. The first fold of our flag is a symbol of life. The second fold signifies our belief in eternal life. 
The third fold is made in honor and tribute of the veteran departing our ranks and who gave a portion of his or her life for the defense of our country to attain peace. Slow down just a little bit. The fourth fold exemplifies our weaker nature as citizens trusting in God. It is to him we turn for his divine guidance. And this is from the National Flag Foundation, okay? The fifth fold is an acknowledgement to our country for in the words of Stephen Decatur, our country in dealing with other countries, may she always be right, but it is still our country, right or wrong. The sixth fold is for where our hearts lie. It is with our heart that we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. The seventh fold is a tribute to our armed forces, for it is through the armed forces that we protect our country and our flag against all enemies. The eighth fold is a tribute to the one who entered into the valley of the shadow of death, that we might see the light of day and to honor our mother for whom it flies on Mother's Day. The ninth fold is an honor to womanhood, for it has been through their faith, love, loyalty, and devotion that the character of men and women who have made this country great have been molded. You see that? See that, everybody? (laughs) The tenth fold is a tribute to Father, for he too has given his sons and daughters for the defense of our country since he or she was first born. Do you guys get it? (laughs) The eleventh fold in the eyes of Hebrew citizens represents the lower portion of the seal of King David and King Solomon and glorifies in their eyes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The twelfth fold in the eyes of a Christian citizen represents an emblem of eternity and glorifies... In their eyes, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The last fold, when the flag is completely folded, the stars are uppermost, reminding us of our national motto, in God we trust. You fell a little bit? That's okay. These aren't exactly... It's okay. I'll, I'll try to finish this real quick. But So just here, and then you can just tuck it in here. Okay. So when a flag is folded into this triangle, and it's usually given to the family of lost men and women in our service for the defense of freedom. It'll look something like this, and this isn't perfect, okay, so pardon, I'm not an honor guard. Okay, it's in the shape of triangle, and a properly folded flag will only show the blue with the white stars, okay, no red or stripes or any of that matter. After reading that, it's like, do not, do not tell me that our country was not founded on godly and Christian principles. <laughs> you cannot convince me there is so much evidence of it and, and just read some of the biographies of our founding fathers and it's it is astonishing i mean we are truly founded upon judeo-christian beliefs and that's why i believe that freedom has lasted this long in this country okay no other system of government um just think of any other system of government not founded and not established in godly principles it's a mess. It's failed. And not to say we're perfect, right? It says right or wrong. It's still our country. And we have, we have ungodly things in our country that are, are trying to get in and, and destroy it from within, right? And that's why you're not here on accident, okay? You're here for a purpose, okay? And it's, it's greater than just yourself and just your family, okay? You have a responsibility not only as a son or daughter of God to represent him well in this life and to steward the things that he's given you, right? God, Jesus died a really public death 
for you for you because he loved you and he did it in a public way right not not for you to have a private relationship with him only although that's important you do have a but it, it's it's a personal relationship right but it's meant to be shared it's meant to be expressed right that's part of our duty and it's also our duty and responsibility as americans right to to honor and guard these freedoms that so many have died for and it saddens me to the core when i hear about you know those who claim to be christians who say well they don't really take part in anything to do with our country right because um, you know i'm not of this world i'm i'm my citizenship is elsewhere and while that is very much true right you're here for a purpose right and what you're really saying is that other people's it's a really selfish thing to say number one but the people who out there who need to hear about jesus aren't important enough for me to stand for something freedom so that they might even have the opportunity to have that to hear about him right i mean does not the word say um I believe it's Romans 10. Sorry, I got stuff all over the place. <laughs> Romans 10, 14. <sighs> Romans 10, 14 says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Right? You got to hear about Jesus to, to actually know about him, right? to receive him, right? And so there's so many people who keep their mouths closed because they're afraid of offending somebody. Now is, you know what, it's, now is not the time to live in fear and intimidation. Now is the time to be bold. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, the, the righteous are as bold as lions. Now you could look at that a couple different ways. You can say, well, I'm not really bold. I'm kind of fearful and scared. Does that mean I'm not righteous? That is a really bad way of looking at that, and it's completely untrue, right? What it means, what that really means when you say that, it's like, it's okay, it's okay to be scared of something, right? But the Bible says the righteous, so who's righteous? Those who have received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, right? He gave you a new nature, right? You exchanged the old sinful nature for a brand new nature in Jesus, which is perfect and righteous. That's what the Bible says, it's a righteous nature. The righteous, so that's you now, if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, are as bold as lions. And you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not feeling very bold. I'm kind of scared, right? And it really, what that tells me is that you are more convinced of your fear and your emotional side than you are of what God said is true, right? He says you're righteous. That means you are as bold as a lion. You just don't believe it. There's a difference there, okay? You trust in your emotions and you trust in the things you're seeing and feeling more than you trust in what God is saying is true, okay? And we all do that at different times. There's no shame in that. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to remind you that you gotta look away from your circumstances sometimes in life. You gotta look away from the emotions that are coming upon you right now. And as Romans 12 says, renew your mind to who you are in Him, which is righteous. And then you can take that hold of that boldness that he promises for those who are righteous in him and go act from that place instead of letting every circumstance dictate 
I'm scared, or I'm, I'm feeling good, or I'm happy, or I'm sad, all these things. No, renew your mind to who God says you are, okay? It's, it's hugely important, okay? Wow. I have a hard time, I'm just telling you right now, I have a hard time following notes because like, they're all scribbled everywhere, and then I get halfway through something, and God's like, talk about this, talk about that, and I get all these like, crazy rabbit trails, and so most of the time I don't even follow notes. I, I, I truly just like flow and let God and the Holy Spirit just kind of inspire me. And, and so I'm a little, I feel a little off tonight, so my apologies. But, you know, I want to talk about our, our Bill of Rights a little bit. You know, the First Amendment. Um, Chris, do you have the, can you grab me one of those little Constitution things over there? <laughs> How's everybody doing? Everybody staying with me? Everybody good? Why can I not find this picture? Okay. This is driving me nuts. Where'd that go? I, I take screenshots of things that I want to talk about, and then I can't find them when I want to find them. Okay, maybe it's in a different window. I'm, I apologize, guys. I am so sorry. I hope everybody's doing good. Just start. Here we go. Okay. So John Adams, he was our second president. He was a, a key founding father. He was an attorney, I believe. Um, he said this about our Constitution. He said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Okay? So you hear a lot of people today that, that say, Oh, our country wasn't founded in you know, Christian beliefs or anything like that. Nah, like... Uh, moral things don't come from God and all that. And I got news for you. You're wrong. They do come from God. He is the, he is the author of morality. And he has laid that out for us. And the founders knew that. And so they developed a system of government that is rooted in godly principles that God established for the benefit of all mankind. And they did the best they could. And it is the most, in my opinion, the most astounding, the most beautiful, the most... Um, amazing political document ever written in the history of the earth that I've ever seen, okay? It is really, truly, and I would encourage you to, to read it once again, okay? This is, this is, uh, this is uh, our First Amendment. I want to I wanna look at this a little bit, if I can find it. <laughs> Here we go. Amendment 1. So the first 10 amendments of the Constitution are called the Bill of Rights, okay? That's for you and I, and I'm not going to go through them all tonight, but if you're up for some homework, here's what I want you to do before our next session. I want you to read at least our Bill of Rights, so the first 10 amendments, and I want you to read uh, the Declaration of Independence again, okay? And so here is the First Amendment. They were ratified and made effective December 15th of 1791. Congress, the government essentially, right? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people to peacefully assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. What does that mean? Basically, it's saying you have rights. <laughs> you have rights not given to you by Congress, a government of people, okay? They were given to you by God, as the Declaration says, right? This right here, for an American citizen, this guarantees those freedoms as you walk in this country, right? So as you go about, you have a freedom of speech. 
Now that's being challenged right now like you wouldn't believe, like any, like I've never seen in my lifetime before and it sickens me, right? Because there are those who want to strip you of your freedom of speech. Why? Because if they can, if they can take that away from you, at least to impart, they can impose a law, which is a complete violation of what we just read, that says you can't say that or you, or you can't practice your faith over here. And I want to remind you of something. If you look at the last six or eight months, ten months, whatever it is, it's like, what, what, what happened? Yeah, true. What did they, what did they tell churches? Yeah. Guys, complete violation of this. And you know what? I'm going to call out pastors and leaders in churches who, who just simply went along with what the government told them. Yeah. Cowards. Yeah. You're cowards. And I'm disappointed because you have not only a right guaranteed by the Constitution, a right given to you from God to practice your faith as you see fit. As long as you do no harm to any other citizens or break any other laws in doing so, you have a constitutionally protected right. And you failed. If you closed your church, it's disappointing. I'll just say that. And it's, it's, it's really a testament of what you really believe about God and what you really believe about who we are in this world as believers and sons of God. You are not acting from a place of boldness, as the Bible says. You are bold as a lion, and instead you chicken out. Yeah. Now, why did you do that? Well, I'll tell you why. You were scared. You operated from a place of fear instead of a place of peace and love. Plain and simple. There's no other way to say it. That's what you did, okay? And I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to guilt you. I'm here to remind you and hopefully wake you up if you're listening to this, that you need to take a stand for something, right? And you're probably thinking, well, what about all the people in the church who are scared of this virus and everything and wear a mask? It's like, let them deal with that on their own. Let them figure that out. If they don't want to come to your church, who cares? Uh, Okay, they'll get over it or they'll move on. Are you more worried about the numbers in your church and keeping everybody happy, or are you more worried about honoring God? That's really what it's revealing in your heart. And, you know, that's between you and God. You can go into all the ifs, ands, and buts about that, but I just want to say, like, that was probably one of the most disappointing things for me to see happen is all these churches just closing down and listening to a tyrannical government instead of standing firm in your convictions in God and your freedoms as an American, as your rights, okay? Because what you just did, and you don't probably realize it right now, but someday you will realize it because this is in the pipeline. You just gave a government, whether tyrannical or not, you just offered to them the authority to tell you at any point from here on out when, how, if, you can remain a church and practice your religion or your faith. You just gave them the keys to that. Yeah. You just did. What are you going to stand on now? All they, can, all they will have to do is say, oh, another pandemic, folks. Close them down for the safety of the people, right? Wake up, grow a pair. I'm sick of it. All right. Now I got my rant out. We're going <laughs> to 
let's look at this quote from, um, and this is this kind of just parlays in exactly what I was saying. President Garfield, right? This is late 1800s. He was one of our presidents, and he said this. He said, now more than ever, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature. If the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. Wow. You see, in this experiment that we call America, this idea, right, there's responsibilities on every citizen. Sometimes we take our freedom and, and the leisure and the, um, the ability to really just go live how we want. We take that for granted at times and we don't realize the cost. We don't realize how much was paid for us to be able to do that. And we, we do a real disservice to those who have paid the ultimate price and those who have gone before us and who have fought and who have sacrificed for us to be in a place where we can still live by this constitution under God. Right? We do them a disservice when we forget how fragile these rights in this experiment is. And, and are you not seeing that in our country right now? Are you not seeing this division? And are you not seeing these, these things coming to head where some think it's okay to just eliminate your ability to have speech on the internet? And some are saying, oh, it's not a big deal. It's their, their company. They can do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. All right. If it's their business and they can kick you off for whatever reason they want, apparently, if, if that's the case, then I say to all you small business owners out there who the government has told you to shut down, I say, then you too can do whatever you want. If we're going to use that excuse, open your business. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting, are you waiting on a tyrannical government to give you freedom? They're not qualified to do so, people. They're only qualified, tyrants are only qualified to take and take your freedoms. And you're expecting this same government, this same Congress who told you to close down, you're expecting them to say, you know what? Open up. Yeah. We want your freedom. I guarantee they won't do it unless it suits them. Okay? You have to take charge of your own destiny. You have to take charge and responsibility of your own rights and say, you know what? Come what may, but I'm going to live my life this way and I'm going to go this way and I'm opening my business. The mayor of Chicago Now, yeah, yeah, you see, there is an agenda at play, folks, and, and, and I, you, need to, you need to look into this, okay? You need to open your eyes a little bit, okay? You know, and going back to the church thing, you know, that's my family. You guys are family, that, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And I'm not here to scorn you or put you down. I actually want to help you. I want to help. Let's, let's be the church, okay? Let's, let's get outside these walls that we call the church. Let's find you know what? There's going to be things outside of our control. I'm, I'm not saying that things don't happen outside of our control. They do, okay? But how you respond to it is totally up to you and totally your responsibility. If they shut down, you can say no. What are they going to do? If they arrest you, at least you're principled, right? At least you stood for something, okay? You cannot fear the what-ifs of what a tyrant will do. 
okay? But you can stand for something and honor God and, and be led by those convictions, okay? And like we talked about, death is certain in this world. It doesn't have to be a horrible thing to fear. It can actually be something that you can be, man, like that means I'll be in the arms of Jesus after that forever. I mean, it, it's freedom. That's ultimate freedom, okay? Um, but, you know, for those people who said, you know, I don't, I don't vote or I don't, and, and this, is, this year's an exception with all the fraud going on and everything, but I don't take part in, you know, politics or anything, or I don't speak up when, um, because I don't want to ruffle any feathers and I don't, uh, you know, I'm just here, I don't, but I'm a citizen of heaven, so I just don't take part in any of the voting or, or speaking up for truth or anything like that. You know, for those people, I just want to say this. And, and there's a lot of Christians who say that. I think in the election before last, they, they did a poll, and there was something like 30 million evangelical Christians who did not vote in the 2012, I believe it was, election. 30 million. Guys, that's the vote. And, and that's, we have a voice, okay? And it needs to be heard. Why? Because everybody else needs to hear not only about Jesus, but does it, do they not deserve the same freedom? Do they not deserve a chance? Does the next generation not deserve? That's on us, this generation, to preserve that for the next. And I look, there's some young boys here in this room that I care about deeply. Do they not deserve to experience an American life grant, you know, that, that is guarded by these, these incredible Bill of Rights and, and these constitutional amendments? Do they not deserve that? Is it okay to be passive about your, uh, your patriotic duty in this country? Because, eh, what does it really matter? Or anything like that. Well, I find it funny that a lot of you who believe that and don't take in part in any political things, you sure were quick to listen to the government when they told you to shut your church down. Where was the, uh, I only listen to God or I only you know, abide by that when the government came in and told you what to do? You listened to them then. You took part in it then by, by complying. Okay? So think about that. All right? Now more than ever is the time to speak truth in love. Now more than ever. Right? Sure. Do not be silenced. Okay? The world needs to hear the truth about Jesus. The world needs to hear about um, what's going on in our country. The truth about it. And you know... At the core root of this, this, this First Amendment, you know, the, the, um, the right to free speech, right? Um, you know, any attack or restraint on, the, on that right, in, in a lot of ways, in conventional methods, is, is really an attack on the gospel. You know, and you think about that, because if they say you, if they say what you can and cannot speak about, or can and cannot say, and limit you, really, it is limiting the voice of patriotic believers, believers in Jesus Christ, to share the most important message this world has ever known, which is Jesus. It is. Now, me, I've made up my, cho- my mind, right? I won't be silenced, okay? And, and you have to decide what's right for you, okay? But... I am going to preach Jesus, come what may. I don't know what that is. 
but I will not be silenced about the greatest love story, the greatest message this world has ever known, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for you so that you could live in peace with the Father and you could, be, you could receive eternal life by putting your trust in Him. I won't be silenced. I don't care what comes. That is my choice. And you have to make the choice for you, okay? That is my number one message. That is the message that I want to share the most. That is the most important to me. Now, it's because of that that I, that I value my right to free speech. It's because of that that I value these other amendments and rights that we have guaranteed in our Constitution given us by God. I value the message of Jesus so much, and I value that which protects it, or at least is supposed to. But my eternal destiny, what's eternal is, is the message of Jesus. I am a son of God forever, and if you trust him, you are too. I won't be an American forever. Does that make sense? Because I won't be in this country. I won't be alive on planet Earth forever. But while I'm here, I will fight and I will stand up and I will honor and value these things that are uniquely American until I am no longer here. Okay? And that is why I value them because of Jesus. And so should you. So, I want to I want to wrap this up. I want to kind of bring this to a close, and um, I hope. Listen, I want I I just want to talk about um, these times we're living in. You know, they're they're crazy, and listen, I get it. Like I I understand, and I I can I can sympathize with you if you're uncertain, if you're just maybe not solid in, in where you're at as far as um, how you're going to continue leaving. Maybe, maybe this new year that, that we're in maybe wasn't as exciting or as hope-filled as years past because of um, current events, whether it be you know, viruses or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Um, maybe it seemed a little more bleak and maybe you know, your goals and your resolutions, as the world likes to call them. Maybe they didn't seem so uh, attainable. Maybe your, your vision became a lot more short-sighted than, than, than far-sighted, and you could only see so far because you just weren't sure, and you're sitting around waiting on a certain date or a certain thing to happen in planet Earth in this country for you to take a deep breath. I get it. I get it. In a lot of ways, I'm right there with you. But more importantly, and more eternally minded, what is it? Does, did Jesus, did God all of a sudden become less, less uh, powerful? Did he all of a sudden become um, less able to work through you because of current circumstances? I don't think so. No way. I know so. No, God is more than able to do anything if you're willing, right? But you have to say yes to Him. You have to say, God, it's a crazy world. You probably say, yeah, I know. <laughs> but 
trust me. Trust me. Okay? He will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise from his word. And God is faithful. If there's anything true about him, and it's all true about him if you read his word, but one thing that is incredibly true is that God is faithful. If I look back on the history of my life, and there has not been one time where God wasn't faithful. Not one. And that is going to be true for you too. I know it. Okay? And so I want to offer you some hope. And it's not going to come from this world. It's not going to come from politics. It's not going to come from Inauguration Day. It's not going to come from a vaccine. It's not going to come from the Pope. It's not going to come from any man or any man-made thing. It's going to come from God and God alone. Okay? And that hope is in Jesus Christ. And you know what? Come what may in this world. Look at the life of Paul. Look what he went through for the sake of the gospel. So we could have a lot of this book compiled, the Bible. He went through a lot of turmoil, a lot of hell, right? But God was faithful. God was faithful to him, okay? And I don't say that to scare you, not at all. I believe some of our greatest days are still ahead of us, right? There's things that God's put in my heart years ago that haven't happened yet, and I'm still hopeful. I'm still encouraged by those, and I'm still going to pursue those things, and I'm going to trust God and be led by Him, and I hope you do the same, okay? So I want to close in prayer, and then I want to open up to some questions if anybody has any questions, okay? Father, Father, we're here before you. We're humbled. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to die for us, Father. He took our place so we wouldn't have that, to suffer that punishment. Father, I just lift this, lift everyone up here who's here present and everyone who's listening and watching online, Father. I just, I just speak to them to have boldness, to stand for what's true and what's right. Father, I, I pray for increase in their lives in every area that's lacking right now, Father, I pray that they see your perspective from it and only see nothing, nothing but um, supply. Not lack, but supply and provision, Father. I pray for our country right now, Father. I pray for our leaders. I pray for boldness in them. Father, I pray for every lie to be exposed. I pray for the truth to reign and to shine forth. I pray for our president whoever's going to be president next, Father. I pray for them. I speak truth and I speak um, just a... I pray for our citizens, Father. I pray for the people who call America home, those who call themselves Americans, Father. I pray for a boldness like never before. I pray for unity in our country, Father. Right? Not a compromise of truth, but unity. Okay? Thank you, Father, for everyone here. Thank you for um, your word. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that no matter what, come what may, we can overcome in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay. Good stuff. Anybody have any questions? Here? I have. Here? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, just like back to uh, something from the beginning. We were yeah. talking about just fear and how to have abundant yeah. And I choose to be that way as well. Yeah. And a lot of people see that as either a privilege or just being physical. <laughs> yeah. And, well, specifically, I have family members that are that way, and I have a hard time dealing with them. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm 
the reason I bring this up is because obviously there's other people that can run into these kinds of things yeah. because of the division in America right now. And not just during holidays, but just when I'm visiting like a family member who's kind of just wants to be in fear and wants me to be in fear. They're saying, you know, you should be in fear. And I'm like, no, yeah. I choose not to be in fear. Yeah. And those people are not believers. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really hard because they're, one, not a believer, so they have nothing to really, um, like they don't, they, they're just in fear and they have nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, so it's actually my mother, but she, uh, <laughs> it's really difficult to deal with. Hi, mom. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, so it's just hard, and there's other people also, but, and then on the other end of it, I guess, um, I have people like my grandmother who kind of just were like, well, I don't know anyone that have, has it, and I know God will protect me and not my anyone, yeah. and she'll she'll tell me that side, um, <laughs> and then my grandma's just like, well, I just think this is all fate, and then her, her Bible, um, teacher passed away two weeks ago from Mm -hmm. And so it hit her really hard because she was so, and it, it was frustrating for me for a, a long time. I would say like six months of her just constantly, because she didn't experience anything in it, she just didn't understand. And then when that happened, yeah, she really, it was, it was a blow. Really hard on her. So Yeah. You know, so. Can you just rephrase? Yeah. So for those who maybe not, didn't, I'm not sure if everybody picked up on that online, but yeah. you know, it's, you know, um, the question was like, you know, dealing with different people, a lot of times, you know, family members and close friends and whatnot, how did, was it kind of more how to, how to, how to deal with it because yeah. she thinks it's so naive of me to be sure. not afraid of something. Sure. So there's, there's, there's often times when we, when we see like, you know, fearful things that are put upon us that we really truly have nothing to fear about. But when, when that's all the attention, the media craves and everything. So right now we're talking about COVID, right? And so there's kind of two extremes in a lot of ways where there's, you know, the, this, you should fear this, right? Why aren't you scared? And, you know, my friend here is saying, well, I chose peace. I chose to trust God and I'm not going to be in fear about something that I really don't have a lot of control or say over. And it's almost like these fearful people want you to be just like them. They want you to fear and they want you to bring you down to their level for, for whatever self-entitled reason that is. I don't really know. I, I don't quite grasp and understand why people want you to, you have to do it this way because I'm doing it this way. Right. And I'm kind of like, you do you, I'll do me. That's kind of what America offers, you know. So how to deal with someone like that? And then there's also maybe someone way on this side who are, or, who are saying, this thing is completely fake. Like it doesn't even really exist. I'm not going to fear it. I'm claiming the promises of God, which is a good thing, right? But I'm almost denying that it's actually real, right? It is real. It is real. So is the flu. So is cancer. So is atomic energy. So is um, car accidents. So is lightning strikes. So is a brown recluse bite. A lot of things in this world can kill you. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I think rational people are not denying that COVID, I, I hate, I just hate it. I'm so over COVID and anything associated with it because, word. yeah, because, <laughs> because it's become such a, a, a hot button topic as far as like this word and now it's this entered our vocabulary and it's like, it has to be talked about every day and I'm over it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just over it, okay? So I'm not denying the existence of it. I know people who know people who have, who have passed away, right? Because they caught it and I don't know all the situation, the circumstances. Believe whatever you want to believe about the numbers and you know, pre-existing conditions and whatnot. I don't really care to go into that, okay? My point is, yes, COVID is a thing. Just like all those other things I mentioned that have just as much ability to take your life or not, okay? And so I think there's a, a rational, happy medium of that. Our hope should never be in something other than Christ, okay? It should never be in something. The Bible says, do not fear. Be anxious for nothing. Let not your heart be troubled. It doesn't, it doesn't have a semicolon or a comma there and say, except when COVID hits the earth, okay? It says, let not your heart be troubled. Plain, simple, right? Do not fear this thing, okay? Is it real? Yes. Is it something to be feared? No. When I think for me, I'm over it and sick of it because I'm sick of the fear mongering that has been dri- it's been driven by. Sure. I'm over the mass hysteria and the complete willingness of people to just lay down everything they know and their freedoms for the sake of something that is here. It, it, it's, it's amazing to me and it's startling to me that so many people just like literally just, yes, oh my gosh, I'm so scared and just handed over their rights, right? To be told exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it by a tyrannical government and they still can't get their stuff together. It's unbelievable to me, okay? And so, no, we shouldn't fear this thing. No, we shouldn't, right? Like you can look at all the facts and numbers you want and everything, but I've learned this, like facts and, and oftentimes, sadly, just, just factual truths about something, they often matter little in the moment someone is gripped by fear, okay? And what I mean by that is this. If you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, are standing on the promises of God, which I am safe, I'm protected because of salvation, sozo, which is a promise from God that you are safe, you're protected, okay? If you're standing on that, as you should be, right? But someone of the world who doesn't have that same conviction is terrified and gripped by fear, right? It's easy in the flesh to be like, what is your problem, man? And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that because I've let the emotions of the moment kind of come over me and I've responded in ways I shouldn't have at times. But in moments like that, when somebody is gripped in fear, however rational or irrational it might be, the response from a child of God shouldn't be to just smack them around with facts and truth. Okay, that can, that can come later. Okay, the, the facts can come later and I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal a lot of that, right? But at, in that moment, they need to know that God loves them. He cares for them. They need the gospel. They need to hear the truth about Jesus, not just the truth about, you know, a disease, okay? They need to hear that God loves them and, and cares for them and wants to protect them and that they don't have to fear this. They just want to be held and loved. And that's hard to do sometimes when we're wrapped up in the emotions and, and the news and everything. We don't hear from God quite as clearly, okay? So that would be my encouragement to you is respond in a loving way. And we do that by grace through faith, right? His ability working in us when we trust Him, right? Because in our flesh, let's be honest, loving people is, is nearly impossible outside of grace, okay? Love that person. 
Let them know that, hey, it's, it's okay to be scared, but it's not okay to let fear run your life, okay? And here's why, because Jesus loves you and he gave you these promises, okay? And I wanna tell you about him. And when they see your life, okay, when they see you walking around in confidence and boldness as a son of God, you're a leader and they're gonna see that. And they might question, they might be mad at first, right? There's gonna be those people who say, put your mask on or, or um, you should be scared or you should do exactly what the government tells you, social distance, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They might react like that, okay? And some of those people are really, truly irrational, okay? And the Bible also says in Proverbs to guard your heart above all else. So maybe it's okay to guard your heart from people like that because it's toxic. And go to the ones, you know, the ones who are really rational and who are looking for something, who want hope but are found hopeless, they're going to see you and say, ah, oh, man, they're going to be the ones that you can speak into, okay? I think, yeah, just to kind of piggyback off of what Greg was saying is you kind of just have to let them be, you know, you have to let them just kind of walk it out, but you show them love yeah. while they're walking it out because yeah, it, it can be hard in that moment, in that time to present them with truth, the facts, or even the Bible because their heart and their ears are essentially not ready to hear it. You know, that's, that can be really hard and it takes time. You know, I know within our family, we have, you know, two different political views and worldviews and everything. And how do we do it? Well, we just kind of walk it out in relationship with love. And then when it's time and when we're in a place to talk about that, then we can present our side. So it can be hard, 100%. And, you know, there was family members not here at all that in the very beginning when COVID hit told me to say, they were saying, hey, you're going to lose your job with DJing and everything like that. And I said, in my mind, I said, F you, <laughs> you know. But I didn't say that. In my mind, I was like, you know what, no. Uh, it, when, I, when I was talking to them in person, I said, you know what, no, that's not true. I don't believe that. Yeah. I believe that, you know, I'm protected, that I'm going to walk this out in prosperity. And, well, I did. And so it's um, – and hopefully they saw something from that. But yeah, it can be it can be a challenge. But you just have to do it by walking in love, walking in patience, walking in true relationship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, is there any other questions that we got? I think just one one quick thing on that. Like, um, you know, I think ultimately you have to trust God who, where He's leading you, and and um, He might say hey, that person's not ready to to hear it. So just guard your heart and go somewhere else. And so, and that's okay. And and being led by love. See, you have to be okay with being wrong. <laughs> in, this, in this world, in, the, in this, um, this age of misinformation, right, there's, there's a lot of fa facts out there and, and there's a lot of things in, that are claiming to be true. And, you know, sometimes we miss it and sometimes we grab onto something and it might not be right, but we thought it was and that's okay. Be okay with being wrong. Like the, the information changes, right? And so, but love never changes love never fails and so lead with love yeah. you'll never be wrong absolutely no. you guys have any questions for Greg what he talked about no. anything else coming in from online okay, okay. awesome yeah, I think uh, so next time we'll be meeting is the 29th. Uh, 29th. January 29th January 29th so Friday night two weeks from now same time 630 Mountain Standard um, so yeah. yeah, exactly. We're going to be talking about 
uh, how to walk out these rights as American citizens and believers. So I think that's going to be probably the most... A little more application. Exactly. Yeah. Practical application to what we're going to be talking about. So, Sweet. Yeah. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining. See you guys next uh, two weeks, January 29th. Yeah. Good stuff.